Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sanspants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this bonus episode, we're going to share some scary stories. Some are ours and some have very kindly been emailed in by listeners. Uh, Boys... I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> yeah, I hate this. <laughs> I'm nervous too because I had to go into my mind palace where I've hidden scary things and try and remember a story that was recounted to me recently. And it's yeah, it still terrifies me actually. <laughs> so I'm happy to share it. <laughs> what I hate about this, just as an exercise, is that um yeah, like I watch a movie right, and boys, the movie will be terrifying, and I'll be scared of that mm. movie. But at the end of the day. I will recognise an actor or a director's name. The credits will roll. I can then watch The Muppets and feel better. Mm-hmm. These are real things. Yeah, yeah. There's no fucking credits here. <laughs> you make a great point. Like, there's no behind-the-scenes feature we can watch to go, oh, no, it was all make-believe. Like, look how clever they are. <laughs> yeah, I can't, be get, I can't get some demo trivia to soften the blow of terror. I can't, <laughs> I can't scroll IMDB while the movie's on to distract myself yeah. from being terrified. Yeah. There's, I've just got to go oh, into this cold, and I hate it. My teeth are sh- my teeth are um, chattering right now. I don't know whether it's because I'm cold or because I'm scared <laughs> or both. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, alright Well, so Carney, I believe you've actually got our first scary story of the night Yes So let's light our digital campfire and huddle around it Share these stories Oh, alright This one comes um, from a manager at work Who, um, when she first told me the story I was taken aback because she um, she's got a good sense of humor, but she's also quite serious because you know, she's in a management position. Right. So I, I didn't expect there to be any fucking around with my emotions. <laughs> and I even checked it with a fellow coworker yeah. who, um, who had heard about it as well. And she confirmed to me that, yeah, like she's not, she's not taking the piss. This oh, is serious. Oh, that's and so much I quickly realized that several people at my work are very attuned to this sort of thing. Like, for instance, this isn't the main story, mm. but one girl I work with has had basically like a an exorcist-type person come to her house to kind of cleanse it oh. or to do like a bit of a reading. I don't know if it was an exorcist. It might have been like a mentalist right. or something like that, but they've kind of been like... Because just a few like odd things happened around the house yeah. and she, you know, is very... Um, a big believer in that sort of stuff yep. and got terrified. And this person oh, came around fuck. and said, oh, there's bad energy in that corner of the house. There's oh, bad shit. energy there. And yeah, I don't know. Some of it I'm like, I don't know whether to believe you. But right. she would take like 
um, selfies and stuff and send them to her family. And then in the selfies, there'd be two faces. Oh, no. Like a, this is hard to explain, but a really like a fuzzy, unfocused face in the background. No. Which her family were like, that's a glitch in the phone. And she was like, but what is it? Like, Mm, no. I, I saw one of them and it's like not quite. A human face, but it has facial structure. Right, but that's worse. Yeah. If it was a human face, you're like, oh, some human crept into her house. Yeah. If it's a something else, it's something else. I don't want to know what it is. I'm never taking a selfie Ugh. again. I'm never taking a photo of my fucking house again. <laughs> I'm not having anything show up in my photos. Let's all get rid of our phones right away. She's got two <laughs> dogs and and um, there'll be things in the house like, you know, certain doors keep slamming when there's no draft or anything like that. And <sighs> her dogs will bark at a specific corner in the house and just like things that get under your skin a bit. Yeah. But yeah. So, when she told me that the manager was, um, that it was pretty full on, I was like, oh boy, here mm. we go. <sighs> so, I should point out that my manager is also someone who is open to this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But as she explained to me, because she has experienced quite a bit in her life right like even she remembers being a child and um having an imaginary friend and then one day one day the the wall a blank wall in her bedroom a face just came out of it you know like oh. you see in the movies where like no the paint stretches out no 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 yeah, yeah. no wall face please this is a wall yeah. face free zone Fuck. Oh. So that happened when she was a kid. Yeah. Um and then there's just been like the innocuous things over the over the time. But um, in the last couple of years, there's been a recurring thing that has happened to her. And um, I think it happened to her once or twice. And she was like, I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm, I'm imagining something. But then one day she's sitting at the dining table mm-hmm. with her mother-in-law. I don't like this and already. Having a chat. Yeah. They're just having a pleasant chat. And then um, and she says to me that her mother-in-law is a very stern, serious woman who doesn't really... You know, oh, believe in any okay. weird bullshit. Yep. They're having a chat at the dining table. My boss sees something out of the corner of her eye, uh, like low down, coming into the room. And um, it's kind of like out of the corner of her eye, it's human shaped, you know? Oh. And she assumes that it's her her partner just playing a joke. Right. And she's like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? And then looks over and the mother-in-law looks over as well. And they both stare at it like, oh, what are you doing, Daniel, you idiot? It's not Daniel. It's not the husband. Oh. It is a black man-sized shape. No, with a with a very pale face. No, and um, sunken eyes. No, and it looks up at them. Fuck off! As it slowly crawls oh, into the room. God. And she thinks she's having a moment again. Yeah. But then she looks over at the mother-in-law, and the mother-in-law looks at it down on the floor and looks back at her, and is like, "What? What the oh, hell?" No. And then. Uh, and then they scream, and then they still part of them still thinks it's it's the partner playing a joke, and they've screamed, and then he's run in through the other door oh, from the other side of the house, and be like, "What's going on?" So wait, wait, yeah. So, so hang on, no, no. So what happens? What happens next? Like he runs in, and it's gone, a- and it's gone. Crawling man, gone. Oh. If this was a movie, it would be Crawling Man. I hate that name. I hate that name straight away. The fact that two people—that's the thing that because. She said up until then, yeah. if it had ever happened in her life, she'd always just been like, oh, I'm just, I've yeah. watched too many horror movies. Like, no. Nah. But the fact that her mother in law was like, what the hell is that? She, yeah, shit herself. I'm not going to bed tonight, boys. I'm not. 
<laughs> Straight up. Well, if you do, Tom, Crawling Man will be waiting for Shut you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> a couple of weeks later, Tom. No. Her partner's out. I think he's at work. Fuck. She runs the shower. Now, when she tells him when she has a shower, she'll leave the door open a crack because they've got um, a small dog and he'll like might freak out if he can't get through or whatever. So he can kind of just come in as he pleases into the bathroom. Mm. Mm-mm. She's in the shower and it's one of those like um, you know frosted window sort of ones. Right. She sees a shape enter the room. <sighs> Boy. Yeah. The dog's name's Mason. She's like, oh, hey, Mason, what are you doing? And then it's not Mason. She pulls back the thing to greet her mm. dog and it's crawling man. He's crawled into the bathroom and he's just oh, looking up at her. Get out. She slams the door and just starts crying, like yeah. just has a breakdown. And then she can just see this shape still oh, there, still there. Hell. And then and then I think she, you know, she closes her eyes and the shape disappears, runs oh. out of the shower, grabs her oh. phone, runs back to the shower. She's got her phone in the shower. Ballsy move. And he's like, you've got to come home. Like, oh, this is fucked. And then he rushes home. But like, right. you know, what can you do? Crawling man's oh, gone. Oh, crawling man. A week after that? No. Just can I pause for a sec, Sean? Can we all agree as a collective, closing your eyes, bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. I close my eyes. When I open again, he's in the fucking shower with me. Oh, okay. That's a very good... No, I don't like that. Image. I'm, I'm yeah. opening that shower and I'm eyeballing the shit out of that fucker and I'm like, stand up. This Don't you... Oh, fuck. I hate it. Probably a week later, I think. Fuck. This... I'll, I'll soothe you guys a bit. This isn't as bad. She's just at home. I think she's on the couch doing some work on the laptop and she just sort of hears scratching noises mm. against the windows first and then she hears a door open and she hears like footsteps and scraping and she just assumes it's the partner coming home. She calls out to him, hello. He doesn't respond and she just thinks, oh, maybe he didn't hear me or he you know, went to the bathroom or whatever. Yeah. Ten minutes later, a car pulls into the driveway, oh. dog starts barking, the partner comes home. Who came through the door? Just just your friendly neighbourhood crawling man. It's, it's bad. Oh. Does she still live there? Yes. But here's the thing, because that's what I said to her. I'm like, oh, the house is cursed. And she's like, no, but I've, I, it's not, I haven't just seen him in that one house. Oh, shit. He's following her. It's not connected to the house. That's the scary thing. No. Oh, that's so much worse. Well, the scariest thing for me is the fact that the mother-in-law saw it as well. It's no good. It's like a corroboration there between two people. And I'm like, oh, man. I... It's no good. I fucking hate all of that. That's crawling, man. I'm not happy that it's dark outside right now. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> For probably a few weeks after I heard that story, mm. I just sort of like instinctively would spin my head around to the corner of a room, to the yeah. floor, and freak out for a split second, but like nothing there. But like, Jesus. Yeah, the fact that it's below your eye line, that he's cr- he's crawling... That you're like, yeah, it's going to take you a minute to really register what that is in the room. Oh, I hate that so much. Guys. Boys, boys, I have two sets of stairs in my house. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't like that in this Zoom, this video call thing, you can see out my door mm. to the stairs. I'm just talking to you, oblivious, and you see someone fucking, I can't even look at it. I don't like that idea, Tom. Oh. Now, I, now I'm looking behind you and I hate it. Tom, my first thought was that maybe crawling man can't crawl upstairs. But then also imagine you go to walk down those stairs and you just see crawling man like <laughs> awkwardly trying to get his way up the stairs. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Oh, no. <sighs> Sorry, boys. It was a story that was passed on to me. And I passed it on to you and we passed it on to the people. I'm oh, really sorry. You know that saying, you know that saying, um, a burden 
shared is a burden halved. Mm. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit. It's absolute horseshit. You've just controlled copy, control P. You've doubled the burden. <laughs> Crawling man is a mighty burden, I think. How, so how long ago was this? Do you know how, how long has it been since you la- the last sighting of Crawling Man? Um, well, I haven't, I haven't asked her about it for a while. Um, she probably told me... Good move. Yeah, probably. Look, I wouldn't either. I would oh, try to forget yes, if she ever told me. 100%. I'm sure you've done. She probably told me earlier in the year was the first time I heard about it. Um, yeah. And then I asked her probably four weeks later and there hadn't been another, you know, mm-hmm. another time. But yeah, maybe I'll ask her again. I'll see what's yeah, going how, on. How's Crawling Man doing in this time of COVID? That's what I want to know. I, that's I, that was my next question. Imagine being in lockdown with Crawling Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! God, everyone living in a haunted house right now is they're suffering even more than we are. That is. But that's no the thing: group. is it a haunted house or is she a haunted person? <laughs> now, see that that's the worst. That's knowing that it's that it's not the house. Like that, you could move to anywhere in the world, and it wouldn't. Oh, fucking no, Sean. I got one more. But yeah, hit us for number two. Go on. Um, number two is a real short one. And it's a different person. Okay. Um, but so I had a friend who um, her mother was interested in those really old-fashioned paintings that you'll see of just like random families. Yeah, okay. Sort of, I guess, Victorian era, but maybe even older. Yep. Yeah, this doesn't sound fucked up at all, Sean. This sounds like a very normal hobby that people should have, and <laughs> I, I want to know more. Yeah. It's, this is something with collecting fucking dolls. That's what this shit is. I can't see how this could possibly go wrong. <laughs> oh. So, one of the hell. paintings was hanging up above uh, my friend's bed in, uh, yeah, in her bedroom, mm-hmm. and she never really liked it, but her mum was a big fan of them, so she, you know, she couldn't really do anything about it. Sure. But she told me several times she would be asleep, right? And she would have this weird feeling that there was someone else in the bed with her. Oh god! And then she'd like flip over, and there'd be no one, and she'd be like, oh, "I'm just being crazy." Yeah. But when she would be laying down, she would swear that she could feel a finger like brushing against oh, the back of her neck no. and down her spine. And that feeling didn't go away until she brought it up with the mum and they got rid of the painting. Once the painting was gone, it never happened again. I want to cry. (sighs) I want to cry. In your bed. Same, the The same friend. The only positive thing is that they've solved it. Like that hadn't, that's done. So that's, there's not an open ended crawling man just haunting Mm. her life. It's just, there's a fucked up painting. That's slightly better. Can't be honest. Same friend also told me another one because she saw how upset I got from that. And she was like, oh, this one's a beauty. But I'm happy to share with you guys that I think it was so disturbing. I've, I've forgotten the I've forgotten the specifics. I know it had a an awful, horrible punchline to the story. Okay. <laughs> but I've, I, I think I've honestly like blacked out from stress. You suppressed it. Was, it. it was a shocker. Shit. It was a shocker. It was something to do with a backyard and an invisible friend and a severed finger and oh, something Why fingers? Up. Why and fingers I, every time? I don't know. Oh, God. There's a lot of details there, mate. Yeah. I'm tempted. No, I'm not. No, I'm not going to find out what no. it was. Look, no. We're fine not knowing. That's fine. I don't, <laughs> I don't need to know. Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> maybe. No, no. no that's... Uh, the fact that the story is so awful that you actually can't recollect details. Yeah, I think I've like- actively pushed it to a part of my brain that I hopefully never access. Good Lord. 
the walls of Carney have gone up. Yeah, very strong. Oh, Carney, those are two. Thank God, those are two fairly Fuck. good good stories to begin with. I hate it. I hate all of it. I'm, I kind of hate you a little bit now, mate. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, enough. Mate, I understand that and accept it. <laughs> fucking hell! All right. Well, should I, <laughs> nah. should I dive into some of these listeners' ones? Yep. Uh, do any of them contain someone crawling along the ground, like just? I mean, or is that not they in- contain? Unknown things. So, look, you can just insert that there yourself if you'd like, Tommy. No, 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 no. I'm a, I, what I want to know is if they contain them, I want a warning. <laughs> oh, you just remembered. I've remembered another you one. You just remembered, haven't you, no, Sean? I've remembered another one from my manager. You know how I told you today was a tough day for me because I had to try and remember these things that I've pushed to the side? Yes. She has another one. This one's not as bad as Crawling Man, but it's like I would hate it. I would hate it so much. She, um, several times when she's woken up, and sort of been disorientated in the night, she'll strain her eyes, look into the corner of her room, and there's just a tall man. Oh, fuck off. No. A tall man standing in the room, and tall enough that he his neck and head bends around the roof, mm. just standing there. And then she freaks out, looks for a light, finally gets the light on, and then he's gone. Your manager's fucked, mate. Sorry, that one, it just came to me. It just came to me. I'm sorry. Crawling man, tall man, oh my God. painting how many, man. How many men does she have in her house? God damn. Uh, I'd um, Damo, I'd like to move a motion to have Sean banned from the podcast. Yeah, you're done, son. Uh, Do you want me to switch my mic off? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh I want you banned from my friendship. Just get. <laughs> <laughs> I've let the darkness in. Your manager, she needs an exorcism or something because something's I, not I right. I agree. There. Yeah. All right. Great. This is fun. All right. Um, Why all do right. we agree to do this? I don't this know. Fucking, I hate this. <laughs> Oh shit! All right, so let's jump into some of these listeners' stories. So the first one comes from Davy. Davy is uh, in Brazil. Thank you, Davy, for sending us through your story. So Davy tells us that his grandfather died when he was four years old, and that while the man may have been gone, his favorite armchair was not. And that was Davy's stro- strongest memory of his grandfather sitting in that armchair, just sort of looking out over the family. So one day, when Davy was nine, his cousin was born, and in so doing, kind of inherited the armchair, or at least his parents did. Davy's uncle moved into Davy's cousin's room across from the crib. Davy's cousin grew, he learned to stand, which led to Davy's auntie one day walking down the hall to see her baby standing in the crib, gleefully waving hellos to the empty armchair. Oh. Which, look, there's actually something kind of sweet to that story. There is, but I'm scared. If you, if, if you choose to look at it that way, Grandpa just wanted to see his new grandkid, and grandkid was very happy about it. That's that's how I'm choosing to interpret this. That's how I'm choosing it as well. I want that one. I I would much if I had to. Ch- if if someone was like Tom, you have to have a ghost in your house. Like if I could, if someone was like, here is a house, mm-hmm. right? You're a millennial. You're never going to own one, but here is a house <laughs> for you, buddy. The only catch is there is a ghost. Yeah. But you get to pick one of these four options. If one of them was old man who sometimes appeared in a reading chair. Right. Um, I'd cop that. Yeah. I would absolutely cop old man who sometimes appears in reading chair. Sweet old Brazilian grandpa. Yeah, I'll take that. Oh, fuck yeah. O- over crawling man? <laughs> ten times out of ten. I'm not, there's no question there. <laughs> a nice little nonna, perhaps? Yeah, give me that. Give me that shit. It can replace me on the show. Yeah, I'll take that. I, that's, I think that's actually right. a sweet... One. You hear a lot of, like, you, you do get a lot of those stories of, like, people talking about, like, oh, grandfather died and then a kid was born and then, you know, kids playing at the back and we're like, oh, who are you talking to? And it's like, oh, I was talking to some man in and describing a article of clothing that the yeah, grandfather yeah. wore. There is no conceivable way mm. that that four-year-old kid would know. 
Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, look, out of all out of all the options, they're not the worst. I was originally scared, mm-hmm. but as long as he is pleasant, mm. then it's a bit of a home run. This is a nice one. All right, I think. good. I'm easing us in. Yeah, well, no, we didn't get eased well, in. We got fucking thrown headfirst <laughs> into crawling man Can't bullshit us into here. the deep end. I've slowly dragged us back to the shallow end, and then we're going to make our way back to the deep end again. You're a good lifeguard, Damo. <laughs> Next one comes from Kyle. Kyle's currently living in London, but uh, this story takes place when he was 16 or 17, and he used to live in New Zealand. Ooh. So, Kyle's taking his dogs for a walk and was passing through the local cemetery as it provides a shortcut from the park to his house. And he heard a kid scream. Now, Kyle actually tells us that's not that uncommon. There's a high school just a little further down the road. But this scream felt closer. And then he saw the kid and watched as they dipped behind some nearby sheds. He decided he better make sure this kid was okay. And so he walked around to find him resting up against a gravestone. He approaches this kid and starts talking to him. Tries to like sort of ask him, what's your name? Except this boy tells him he doesn't know. Or at least he doesn't remember this name. His current one. Kyle sort of pushed that aside and suggested, well, maybe I could call someone for you, but the boy begs him not to, like properly begs, saying he he doesn't want them to find him. Alright, Kyle tells him that's fine, and the boy begins to slowly calm down and starts petting the dogs. He really liked the dogs. So Kyle asks him a few more questions, like, where is he from? The boy is still calmly patting the dogs when he tells Kyle he's from Afghanistan, but that he died in 1770. Next, he tells Kyle about his family, oh. the one from Afghanistan in 1770, and Kyle decides he better call someone, and so he sneaks away for a moment and calls the police. So they show up and offer to take the boy back to the nearby school where they assumed he was from. Kyle says that the boy then next said, look, that's fine, but he better return the boy first, which is when his eyes kind of rolled back and he began convulsing. And when he was done, his voice was different. It was like softer. And now the boy was terrified, especially of the dogs, as it turns out he's scared of dogs. Fuck. Kyle finishes by saying he doesn't know if he witnessed a possession or just some kid who was on something, but the memory has stayed with him ever since. Fuck. I hate a lot of this. I hate a lot of this. (laughs) Oh, man. Possession. Yeah. Possession or very good child actor. Very well researched. Yeah, look, if if he just was some kid... Pulling a prank, well done. Like Afghanistan 1770, you got to know your shit to pull that stuff off. Those weren't the kind of pranks I was playing as a kid. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I, like, the, no. It, I don't know. I, this one, again, this is one of those ones similar to like seeing grandpa. You have those ones of like little kids. Mm. Have you ever followed like Twitter threads of like m- fucked up things my four-year-old kid has said? Yeah, yeah. And they'll just say things like, you know, oh yeah, I'm, today I'm, Marigold's a woman from the 1950s. Yes. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and then but then pull out some detail where you're like, oh, fuck, that actually lines up with someone from the 1950s. You should not know that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm working in a poorhouse. It's very cold in this poorhouse in 1886. Mm. Oh, yeah, don't like it. All right, let's just jump straight into our next one. So the next one comes from Tracy. Uh, and Tracy starts by wanting to give us some context. Her story takes place during a time when her brother would often come home late from studying at the library. So late here being like one or two in the morning. Can we can we just can we just jump on that for a second? Yeah, he go was, for uh, it. He wasn't he wasn't studying. <laughs> He's having that's a party boy, if I've ever heard one. Yeah, sorry, did you say coming home from the library at two in the morning? <laughs> this is what Tracy tells me, yes. 
That's a good session. Yeah. Hey, Sean, do you ever go to the library and occasionally come home from the library a bit drunk on books? <laughs> on knowledge, Tom. Oh, what's wrong? Oh, I'm pissed on knowledge. I've had 80 knowledges tonight. <laughs> Ten pints of knowledge. Just doing shots of history. I thought these were two standard books, but they were three and a half. <laughs> oh, boy. So look, Tracy's brother would often forget his keys And when he did so, he would just go around to their parents' bedroom And kind of like knock on their window for them to let him in So one night, Tracy wakes up to the sound of the knocking on her parents' window And it kind of causes her to sort of wake up a bit But she knows it's just her brother having forgotten his keys again So she isn't that alarmed by it And she lies there in the dark, sort of half asleep Doing that thing we all do when you know the sounds of your house Waiting for the sound she knows she's going to hear next Which is the front door opening as one of her parents lets her brother in But the door doesn't open, so Tracy sort of half opens her eyes, which is when she spots a shadow beside her bed kind of standing over her. Her heart pounds, and she's suddenly fully awake. She sits up, but the shadow's gone, leaving her just sitting there in shock. And then an hour later, her brother came home through the front door, not needing to knock on the window as he had his key with him. Ah, no, 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 no. I don't know about this one. This sounds a bit like Tall Man again, to be if I'm being perfectly honest. The Tall Man one I get... So the Tall Man one I don't... I'm also on the fence with because I feel like she's seen Crawling Man and now like sees that kind of thing. Yeah. We've all had that thing where you're lying in bed and your heart, you kind of wake up because you think you hear a noise mm. yeah. and then the coat in the corner looks like a witch. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, all the time. Maybe she's like assuming, oh, this will be a night. He's forgotten his keys. Mm. So she thinks she hears the tap, but then doesn't hear the tap. And then that disorientates her or she's still drink. Oh, But again, mm. fuck, maybe it's true. Oh, I don't know. I've talked to myself. Tracy had her own interpretation. She she took the tap on the window to actually be a warning from another force. Damn. Warning her about this shadow. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Okay. That's, a, yeah. that's another level. Can I just say it's deep. That's like you've got you've got good ghosts and bad ghosts in this scenario. If I had again had to pick a ghost from my house that I'm getting for free, give me warning ghost. Yeah. yeah. Any day of the week. At least then I'm ready. Ready to shit my pants. I don't want any <laughs> I don't want any ghost. That's um yeah, okay. So what what the detail there was just she saw a shadow? So or she felt that so someone she's kind of, was there. Well, or? yeah. So she she kind of like woke up a bit more and saw this sort of shadowy figure over her, I suppose. I've said shadow, but I, I, I kind of I do get the feeling there was more substance to it. And then nothing. And then went back to sleep? No, so she said she stayed awake until she heard her brother come home and oh, was kind dear. of awake for the rest of the night after that because she was in shock. Fucking hell. On to the next one. Oh, man. I do like having already read these and sort of had the initial you bastard. reaction sort of drift away. <laughs> it it's, makes it somewhat easier. All right. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So the next one comes from Steve. Uh, and Steve lives at the base of the Blue Mountains with his wife. Oh, I'm already scared. <laughs> Buckle in for this one. Fuck. This one, this might be my favourite one. Yeah. Uh, so Steve's story takes place before they were married when his, lo- when his wife lived on a five-acre property with her mum and brother. Oh. So this property was well-fenced. The, the front fence was also a hedge. And Steve says, you wouldn't want to try to get through it. It was too thick. The property itself was a couple of sloped paddocks leading to a creek that also served as the property's far boundary. The house was a large farmhouse, sort of back up off the road on top of the hillside, with a two-car garage and an unattached carport that was mostly used for storage. And they had a big, um, they had a big gate on the front that they would lock every night. Now, the reason for all this detail on the property is because that's the setting for this story, which takes place over years. Oh, fucking hell. So Steve would visit the property frequently when he and his now wife were dating. So he's a horticulturist by trade, and he said that his the mum and brother of his now wife, uh, while still sort of functioning, were both did unfortunately suffer from some mental health issues. And so he began to help keep the property for them, which is when some of the strange stories began popping up. The first came from the mum, who told him that someone was picking flowers for her at night. She would find them in the morning on either the front or the back steps. Now remember, this place was mostly locked up at night and Steve said the flowers weren't obviously just from the street or anything. So this is the first story he heard. He wrote it off his mum being a bit odd. He moved on. Flowers at the door. At either front or back door on the steps, yeah. What, just like a little pile of flowers? Yeah. This is like Blair Witch fucking sticks outside the tent. I hope he didn't touch them. Yeah, well, what do you do? They're on your doorstep. He must have kicked them. Okay, so there was more. So one day, while Steve was mowing, he found this well-trodden path that led from one of their fences over to the neighbor's property. And he said that the path wasn't obvious from the house. It was only really when he was between the hedge and the northern side fence that you could really see it. He also said it was clearly not an animal trail. It was sort of too big and too well well used for that. And he sort of said it, it seemed like it had been in recent use. So he told his girlfriend about it, and they just figured, well, it must have been the neighbors and thought nothing of it. Until much later when, he, when it occurred to him, why the hell would the neighbours be walking back and forth between their properties so much? Mm. Then the strangers moved closer to home. So one time when Steve wasn't there, his girlfriend's mum woke her at two in the morning to say that someone was running something down the walls. Oh. They both wrote it off as maybe just the mum like having a bit of a spell but then they started hearing voices around the house at night. Uh. Nah. Voices that 
Try as they might, they could never discern as if they were speaking some kind of foreign nah, language. I'm, I'm happy for this one to end. <laughs> the flowers on the doorstep was bad enough. That was that was terrifying. I think we're only halfway through cards. This is fucking, fucking bullshit, yeah. man. This is, this is bad. This is bad. Yeah. Fuck you, Steve. Also, <laughs> love you, Steve. Be safe, man. Be safe. Be safe, Steve. Oh. For sure. Fuck. So... After hearing these voices, they installed floodlights around the house with sensors attached, and they worked well. They would get set off quite often, oh. but every time they did, nothing would ever be seen. Oh, fuck it. Numerous times they went off, and the family would rush outside, but there would be nothing there. So they, they tried to reason out what it might be. They started to think it would might maybe it's locals walking through the property at night, but for that to be the case, they would have to be coming up from the creek. And why would a bunch of lo- locals be walking up from the creek up to their house? Steve says to his shame, he just kept writing it off as all to do with the mum's mental health issues, even when his wife-to-be experienced some of these events herself. It just didn't make sense to him logically. His wife also didn't tell him until later, but around this time she just started hating going home in the dark. Previously, not a problem, but now she felt like she was being watched as soon as she locked the gate and started to walk up to the house. That's a long walk too. It's a lo- Yeah, it's out in the country, and she just said the feeling was overwhelming. <sighs> I'm a big city boy and this is why. Yeah. And to make it worse, it would only calm on her sometimes. So it wasn't just that her hack, like she was just getting afraid of the dark. Sometimes she'd be fine. Other times, she just had a very real sense that someone was watching her. So the next thing that happened was that Steve noticed an area where it looked like someone had been sleeping. It was under the carport on the garage side of the house behind some equipment. A bunch of hay had been laid out and flattened, sort of big enough for a horse to lay down on. And he said it smelt like an animal too, but... Their farm was small. Like they didn't have any livestock on the property. Oh, fuck. So now we jump ahead a bit. Steve and his girlfriend got engaged and then married four months later. Talk of strange things kind of took a back seat. And after the wedding, they moved out of the mum's house. Good. Unfortunately, it had been her mostly keeping the family together. And so her leaving triggered her mum and her brother and their mental health worsened. The brother ran away and then the mum got worse. To the point that they needed help caring for her. They enlisted a member of their extended family who was also a nurse to come help. And on one really bad night, Steve and his wife went up to lend a hand. One of the jobs that night was to put the bins out, which he and his wife did together. Now, Steve says that he's been into spearfishing for years and that after a while you get a feel for when a shark is in the water. Your neck hair rises and you just get a sense that a predator is around. You get scared. He said a lot of spearfishermen have the same sense. Now, Steve also explains that he's someone who has always loved the night. He finds it cool and quiet and comforting. He loves it, and he doesn't scare easily. But the walk to the road to put the bin out and back again was the scariest thing he had ever done. He says that to his very core, he was terrified. He said it was that shark in the water feeling, except times a thousand, the feeling of a predator. He says he walked silently, fighting every urge to run back towards the house, keeping his peace so as not to scare his new wife. His wife seemed fine, and so he kept his stride loose and easy next to her, but he says he was so afraid and he was so sure they were moments away from some unknown terror to come rushing out and kill them. He says he fully expected to die and was just frantically thinking about how he could potentially save his wife. Steve's a hero. Steve's a hero. Yeah, well done, Steve. Fucking love Steve. Everyone, find yourselves a Steve to walk you home at night. (laughs) Yes. So when they made it back to the house, he said relief just suddenly flooded through him. He said it was incredible. Like, the fear was just gone. Like, the threat had just been turned off. And then on the drive home, his wife revealed to him that 
she had had the exact same feeling, the same overwhelming fear begin and ending at the exact same time. Oh, she's a hero too. She's a hero too. Big damn heroes. The very next day, they moved mother-in-law out of the house. Yes. Love it. <laughs> right? And burned it, burned it to the ground, I hope. <laughs> no. Well, so while cleaning up the house uh, for sale, more details came to light. Oh. So Steve's mother-in-law had hung towels up over the small breaks in the blinds of her bedroom because someone had been watching her. She described the eyes as being big and shining and a pale blue. And it turns out she felt watched a lot of the time. But again, not every night. It wasn't just this forever thing. It was only sometimes. His wife also told him that they would hear footsteps on the front porch, heavy ones, and they would hear running out on the back concrete porch. And that speaking that they heard, that Steve had assumed was sort of coming from a longer, further way off, was close and it was clear and the voice was deep and unrecognisable. His wife told him that when it happened, she wouldn't even look outside. She was just too afraid. She also told him about how one night the brother had heard a rattle at his window as someone tried to open it. Uh, He ran out and chased a figure towards the creek, but it moved too fast and he quickly lost it. Jesus Christ. And his bedroom window was high, needing like a ladder to reach it. (sighs) And finally, they said that the back door would shake, the door handle moving as someone tried to get in. It got to the point where they called the police multiple times, but nothing was ever found. So Steve says that to this day, they aren't sure what was going on. They have theories, of course, but no real idea. And the final note to this story is that his mother-in-law, who's now moved into a new home, never feels like she's being watched anymore. In this new home, she's fine. And unfortunately for Steve, he isn't as comfortable being outside as he once was. He says it's getting better, but it'll never be the same. Is that the end? That is the end of Steve's story. Holy shit, Steve. Fuck, man. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I should have known there would not be a resolution. No. And I tell you, that's that's the thing that gripped me with this story. We often talk about in in scary movies how the tension comes from not seeing the threat, from from that that moment of knowing there's a threat but not yet being able to identify it and see it for what it is. Yeah. And for Steve and his his poor wife and their family, they never even got that resolution. They, they, they'd never really figured it. Like you said, they never figured out what the hell was haunting their property. That's the scariest I hate thing it. of all. That's fucked. I hate That's it. the They're worst. Just, yeah. That's the worst story. I hate that more than I hate Crawling Man because- this one feels very real. Yeah. Like Crawling Man, the only reason why I'm scared by it is because there was a second person there who also reacted to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, this is just fucked. Yeah. I'm terrified by that. The, the, it's the little It's the little incidents. Yeah. It's the little bits and pieces over a long period of time. It's That's the, right. Just, the, and you know when you're being watched. Mm. Like, you know, I, I feel a bit creeped out because I'm like, oh, my door's open and maybe someone's on the stairs. But I know that there's no one on the stairs. Yeah. But if like... Like, for example, if I'm here and my housemate was coming in to ask me a question, mm. I would know that he was coming to ask me a question because I could... You, you know when you're being, oh, no, nah, I hate this so much. Yeah. And I'm so glad that Steve and his wife and his mother-in-law are out of there. Yeah, I agree. This one hit me um, close to home because that property sounds so much like the one I grew up on. Yeah, I agree. I had the same feeling. Like I, he said five acres. I grew up on five acres. Yeah. And it just means you've got enough space around you for anything to be out there. And it's because there's no street lights or anything like that, it's dark. You can't see yep. further than the, the very outskirts of your house. Like, Did you have a long driveway too? Yes, we did. Yeah, well, yeah. sort of, yeah. Long long enough for sure. Like, yep. yeah. I feel like country people, when you say, oh, I had to put the bins out or I had to go get the bins, they kind mm. of feel that 
fear a little bit more because it's a long dark totally. walk. Yes. I would often be a coward and just like attach the bin to the back of my car and just try. <laughs> <laughs> right. But then it would fall off. It would keep falling off and I'd have to like get out of the car and attach it again and yeah. quickly jump back in before I got stabbed by someone in the dark. Yeah. Uh, anytime you had to do anytime you had to do anything at night on a on a farm property, like so we had chickens and we would have to sometimes throw like the compost. We had these big compost bins out in dad's veggie patch. Like anytime you had to do anything, you would run. I would just run there, do the thing and run back. Like yep. obviously having been a scaredy boy my whole life, it was just the worst thing imaginable because there was so much unknown in just basically pure blackness. And yep. Everything's a threat at that point. Fucking hell. I, it, yeah, I am. Um, uh, look, I grew up in a town and a city. Happy so days for you, sir. <laughs> uh, cannot relate to that at all. There's, there's nothing worse though than I think, and I get this sometimes when I'm in the ocean swimming. Hmm. Is when you're looking out at just the the wall of whether it's darkness at night or like a wall of blue in the ocean, yeah, and that's scary. But it's when you turn your back on it. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. And you don't want to turn back around because what if now that I've turned my back on it, whatever was in there is now, you know, what if it's the yeah. ghosts in Mario? That's what right. I'm. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> it's just about. waiting for you to turn around. Yeah, fuck it the is. ocean. It is. Fuck farms. God help me. Oh, man. Fuck everything. Yeah, it's all terrible. So, this last this last one isn't going to make you feel any better, but I've got something a little bit special. Uh, so, we had another email from, from... This one comes from Ben over in the UK, who, after hearing our call out for spooky stories, suggested we check out a website of an Australian animator who, from time to time, will just post these little snippets of sort of scary stories. So, the website is bitey.com, B-I-T-E-Y. And Ben recommended a specific story about the Pilliga region. I think I'm saying that right. So, have either of you ever heard about this Pilliga region? Nope. I know the I know the region. Okay, you've heard. Like okay. the name sounds familiar. Yeah. So it's uh, as this, as the website details. It's an area sort of out in the middle of nowhere in Australia, uh, known mostly to the truckers really who pass through it. And there are stories attached to this place. So some of the stories are about these Min Min lights, which is sort of that's part of an old indigenous legend. Um, and vicious sort of unseen creatures. Often vehicles get ruined through this area and something called the Pilliga Princess, which I haven't looked up because I don't uh, want to know about it. Fuck, no. No yeah. fucking way. Yeah. No way. That's... Yeah. No. Nah. Don't name... No. Nah. That's... I'm... I, it's one of those things where in... It's that trope of you have something horrible, but you name it like darling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You name something sweet and it's so much worse for it. Mm. So, just to give you some context, so the lights, um, as often reported by truck drivers, so a lot of these stories do come from truck drivers. So, they see these lights and it's it's out in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's, there, shouldn't, there aren't any man-made lights anywhere, but they often see them traveling at high speeds through the trees, keeping pace with their trucks. And on the website, there was one specific story from a trucker who stopped for a couple of hours to sleep on the roadside whilst in the middle of the Pilliga region. And during the night, he woke to the sound of banging and the screech of twisted metal and then his truck started rocking, and the guy was just so terrified, he stayed in the cabin until well past the point where it all stopped. And then when day broke, he went out and saw that the tarp, the big tarp that had been covering the whole trailer of his truck, was shredded and strewn for hundreds of meters up the road, and that the metal ribs of the trailer was twisted and bent beyond repair. So this area is so well known to truckers, and they are so cautious in this region, that some drivers have even been known to blow a tire, but not stop until they reach the other <laughs> oh, side. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell, that's what I would do. I'm never going there. Never going. Yeah, you just 
It's like the Bermuda Triangle, oh. but on land. It's just a no-go zone. So, I have one more thing for you guys, which is that um, this was also on the website. It's a recording from a late night slash early morning Australian radio show called Overnights. And for a few nights, they were telling stories of the Pilliga region, even having a few reporters reporting live via a satellite phone, which had the eerie tendency to just keep cutting out. So, during the program... One caller who identified himself as Bongo called to tell his story of his experience with the Pilliga region. That's a very trucker name, by the way. <laughs> oh, this is uh, Big oh, Bongo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just coming through the Pillager. I'll uh, see you in about three hours, mate. Bongo sounds like someone who's got the name Bongo. He's very Australian. He's very Oka. For any non-Aussies out there, you might have some trouble understanding him, but we'll see how we go. So I'm going to play that recording for you now for this phone call yeah. from Bongo. Are you guys ready for this? Fuck. Yeah, all right. Good morning, Bongo. Happy day, stay, retreat. Best uh, Annie's wake me up and says that they're talking about what happened to me back in 78. That's why I'm here. Where are you exactly? Happy day, happy day, stays, retreat, like a sanitarium. Okay. I was bringing a, a, a new vehicle down, brand new vehicle down from Ballada, heading towards Narrabri in 1978. In September it was, 78, and heading for Tamworth, and I, I missed the turn-off out of Narrabri to go to, to Gunnedah, and I kept going, I didn't know where I was going, and I saw these old mileage pegs on the side of the road, they'd been like painted over in those days, and I thought the engraver in it was a G like for Gunnedah, but in actual fact they were a C for, turned out to be Coonda Barabran. Right, okay. And about halfway along the road sort of thing, I started to get a bit concerned. The fuel was running pretty low, and in the distance I, I, I saw a, what turned out to be a, in those days a telecom beam heading my way. So I got out and I waved him down. It was pretty late in the afternoon, not just, just before dusk it was. Anyway, he pulled up and I, he cracked the window down just to fry his little bit. And I said, look, I don't know where I am. Can you tell me where I am, mate? And, and he said, yeah, he said, you're, you're in the middle of the pillar. Do you, do you know where that is? I said, no, never heard of it. He said, what's your problem? I said, I'm nearly out of fuel. I'm, what, where, what, can you tell me where I can get some fuel? He said, you're about the equal distance from here to Coonabarram and Narrabri. It wouldn't matter. Anyway, I said, oh, I'm nearly out of fuel. I'd never get back. I anyway asked him whether he was, he was going to Narrabri and asked him whether he could ring the NRMA or when he got there or something to bring me out some fuel as I was a member. Yeah. And he said, oh, you won't get anyone to come out here after dark. And anyway, he didn't, he didn't explain why, but... Right. Anyway, so you were, you were stuck I there? I staying in this big old four-wheel drive all through the night and about oh, up past three-quarter to four. Um, this thing just fair started to rock and, and, and all these funny weird lights and that were getting around outside and I looked out and... What looks through the window at me is, well, I'm in this state today, 
He made he, he, he pulled the door off the off the off the hinges and he, he, this this thing like it's it it defies explanation. What it looked like it, it was it was horrific, and it, 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 it took me through the bush a fair way. So it grabbed hold of you, and 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 we we ended up at this. I, I, I suppose you'd call it a, a, a humpy sort of a thing, and, and, and this thing had this thing had a real fetish, obviously for oh, real thin, bow-legged, not need white hairy legs. He had pairs of legs hanging up, and and when he realised that I, I, I was no good to him, he. He, he, he took me back. He took me back to the edge of the road, whatever it was. I assume it was a he. If it was a she, there's something wrong in the world. But uh, and, and I, and I never ever saw him again. And 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 and, and a timber truck picked picked me up the, the next morning when it went through. And he he took me to Coonabarabran, and it wasn't long after that I say made me stay at happy happy days happy days day retreat and I, I I've been here ever since. Bongo, that is just an amazing story. And Miss Annie and Miss Annie tells me apparently that there's some idiot out there in the middle of it somewhere last week or something or something attempting fate or there's got to be something wrong with the person. Can you give us a, if I don't, can't, not pushing you too hard, what, what did it look like? <laughs> I can't explain it. It was horrible. Pretty scary story there, Bongo, and thank you for that. Oh. And you look after yourself, OK? I'm going to pass your concerns on to Trev, who is our roving reporter. Uh, Trevor Chappell and Anna Mulder, who we've got out there in the Pelagos Scrub tonight. Bongo, thanks for your call, all right? You look after Damo, Damo, fuck off, Damo. Come, come here and give me a hug, mate. I'm fucking terrified. <laughs> That's so bad. Is it? Oh, I was so chilling. Um, so I, I first listened. It's it's nighttime now, so I, I do apologise to you boys. I first listened to that during the daytime. So Ben uh, from UK emailed that to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll check this out. Read through, and then I clicked play on that, and I was it was midday. I was sitting on my it was sunlight in my lounge room, and I was chilled to the core. Man, that's fucked up, man. I know we asked for it, and we're idiots, but Jesus Christ, there's a difference between movies <laughs> ben, and a a grown man breaking down because he's terrified. Fuck the the fear in his voice as he recalls it is just oh. So where God. is that in Australia? So that's in New South oh. Wales. And yeah, it really is just out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. And I, <laughs> one thing I did like from that phone call, so after he tells his story, then he says, Bongo says about how, and they are here, there's some idiot out there. I have to assume he's talking about their reporters yeah. who are out there yeah. at that moment. He, he, so someone basically, the, the series of events is that someone heard they were talking about the uh, Pilliga region knew Bongo's story, called Bongo, said, Bongo, you need to call this radio station. They're talking about your story, basically. They've got people out there. And so Bongo's called to be like, what are you doing sending people out there? Like, he's so clearly like, this isn't a game sort of a thing. I mean, 
Yeah. I'm chilled. I'm dubious on Bongo because I've never heard of a sanitarium called Happy Day Stays. If it was like St. John's or St. Mary's, maybe. But also, all the other stories sound about that whole space just sound fucking terrifying. And the fact that it's like truckers being like, nah, we're good, thanks. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it, frankly. To no, be completely no. honest with you, no. you can fuck right off. No. And that'll, uh, that'll see us oh, out for this one. God. <laughs> so that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. <laughs> I've been David. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. And if you scary listeners uh, have any further stories, look, send them through. I don't know if we'll be doing this again. We probably will. We probably will. So do send them through. Otherwise, please just send us an email and tell us that the world's a beautiful place. If you want to send us pleasant things, we'll take those as well, which you can do at 3 at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at ScaredyBoys or individually. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Psychic of Dowie. And I'm at Awkward Trade. And thanks again to everyone who did email in. It was, I w- I'd like to say it was a treat reading your stories, but mostly it was unpleasant. But thanks nonetheless. Stay scared, everyone. <laughs>